Hello there, and welcome once again to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind, otherwise known as the CCB. And uh, if you'd like to know what uh, the CCB is all about, and uh, you have uh, vision loss, or you want to be a volunteer, then I suggest that uh, you send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Insight Peterborough is one of the projects of the uh, Peterborough chapter of the CCB, and the uh, other one that we are very much involved with is called From the Blind for the Blind, where items that uh, people have no further need of are donated to the uh, uh, Peterborough chapter of CCB and then given on a permanent loan basis to someone who can make use of that particular article. So uh, don't uh, forget that if ever you're uh, wondering what to do with uh, a piece of equipment, then uh, get in touch with with our chair, Leslie, and uh, she'll send you to the right person. And uh, you can do that once again by writing ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. First of all, we have uh, a couple of uh, fundraisers that we want to tell you about. The uh, Kingston office of uh, CNIB is uh, putting on a a concert by uh, someone who used to be the executive director of the uh, Eastern Ontario Division, Dwayne Morgan. He has now... Uh, left to take up the same position in uh, Newfoundland, Labrador, uh, and he actually went back home. So uh, we have an interview about that, and I'm speaking with Tracy Holland from the Kingston office of the CNIB. Well, hi, Tracy, and welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Devin. It's a pleasure to be joining you today. So before we get talking about the uh, the concert, um, can you just kind of keep us on the straight and narrow and give us some idea of the services that CNIB offers people who are um, blind or who are lo- losing their vision? Sure. Um, so, of course, the CNIB Foundation was founded in 1918, and it's a nonprofit organization. And so we deliver innovative programs and powerful advocacy that empower people impacted by blindness to live their dreams and tear down barriers to inclusion. And so we offer one-on-one programs. We offer peer support programs. We offer come-to-work Um, uh, accessible technology programs, and many of these programs are delivered by a network of volunteers, and of course, without donor support, these programs wouldn't 
happen. And so we are uh, part of uh, an overarching organization that is also works in collaboration with um, Vision Loss Rehab. So the rehab support for someone who is who is blind or partially sighted, as well as the deafblind community services. So, you know, today there's about 1.5 million Canadians identified as having sight loss. And um, so we're part of helping create that powerful change for Canadians with sight loss. Do they expect that number to increase as years go by? Well, of course, we have our lovely seniors are, are continuing to, to live, which is great. And, and um, as so part of aging means that, yes, um, you know, that, that number will increase. Um, but then again, there's lots of medical technology and things that are leading the way into um, some, you know, some research around some of the um, age-related um um, eye conditions. Right. Now, a lot of these um, uh, programs, like the workshops and that, they're being uh, conducted virtually now um, most of the time, aren't they? Yeah. So, you know, come when uh, COVID started there back in March, um, CNIB quickly transformed um, those programs to virtual. And uh, so, you know, the Purchasing of Zoom licenses uh, was certainly a, a big part of CNIB. Of course, we're still, you know, interviewing volunteers and we're still um, completing assessments with program participants to ensure that they are um, attending the programs that are, that are a good fit for them. So um, even though it's virtual, there are still costs associated. Mind you, you know, we, we still have our some of our physical buildings um we haven't gotten rid of any of those. Well, that's good, because yeah. hopefully the COVID will come to an end someday. Yes, and of course, I think really what we're thinking about is we've had some, some great opportunities with our virtual program. Um, we've been able to expand um, some of our program offerings because they're virtually, where before transportation or, or getting to a location in specifically was it was a barrier for people or living out in a rural community and not having access um, to get into that um, urban center. Um, so the virtual program has enabled people to, to join those things over the phone or, or through Zoom on their computer. Um, so that's really expanded our opportunities for many people. But now we're recognizing going forward that um, when we do go back to in-person, the virtual programs um, are going to still be part of uh, our programs that we're offering. And we will look at that based on, um, you know, participation and, and interest in those. But we really want to... Uh, you know, take this and, and make sure that it is meeting all the needs of people throughout Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people have discovered that they can be quite creative even over the Internet or virtually. So that's good. Yes, and I, and I mean, and I really look at some of the other organizations that um, have had volunteers and uh, running programs and you know, CNIB was 
so quick um, to be able to really look at the virtual, you know, doing some virtual programs. So, you know, uh, the peer support programs, the, the new programs that necessarily hadn't even been thought of. I mean, we've got trivia nights, we've got family feud, virtual bingo, yogas, and then, of course, um, you know, the, the vision mate program and, and how that's changed to a virtual opportunity as well. Yes, yeah. So, as you say, in order to fund uh, these programs, you have to do fundraisers, and I understand you've got one coming up very shortly. Yes, so we have a virtual, of course, what kind of event are you going to have, but a virtual one. Uh-huh. We are actually going to have a virtual concert featuring uh, Dwayne Morgan, who um, is uh, a staff member of CNIB. Uh, he was in the Ottawa area for a period of time, and, and uh, in, he's uh, in Newfoundland now as the executive director in Newfoundland. And uh, he is quite a musician. He has some great talent. And um, so we've asked him to graciously donate his time mm-hmm. on Tuesday, November the 10th, um, for an evening, you know, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, concert, um, with the proceeds actually going to the United Way of Kingston, Fontenac, Lennox, and Addington. And now, of course, yes, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fundraiser through the United Way, but again, we're also recognizing that our geography has changed a bit with our virtual programs. So the staff who've been running programs, let's say in the Kingston office, are now running programs virtually, which is um, capturing people in, in other areas as well. So yeah. I'm certainly you know, reaching out to participants in, in the Peterborough area, and I know my, my co-worker, um, Caitlin, is as well, that there's people attending virtual programs for kind of all over the country. Mm-hmm. And so we're really, you know, looking for those opportunities to, um, you know, let people know that, yeah, you might be supporting a specific United Way, but that United Way is supporting the CNIB programs, and those are virtual and and people are participating in those. And, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate to have the strong support of the United Way in the uh, Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox, and Addington area. Uh, Last year, we actually, along with doing um, employee um, fundraising through payroll deduction, uh, we had our first ever soup bowl fundraiser there. (laughs) And, of course, you know, so Caitlin and I were, you know, at the kitchen and, you know, in the kitchen and we were making our favorite soups and, and had a great attendance, but we recognized we couldn't do that this year. So, no. you know, trying to find something different to do, and we know that sometimes people can be over-zoomed and, and all that, but we also know that just to sit back and listen to some good music might be an opportunity for a $5 ticket to, to enjoy an evening out, but not out of your home, so mm-hmm. to speak. And there's nothing like music to soothe the souls. Yes, and uh, Dwayne, he actually started playing guitar at the age of 11. Wow. So, you know, and kind of, uh, he was born and raised in in Newfoundland, and uh, he obviously um, has an eye condition, um, broad tone dystrophy, 
and has lived with significant sight loss all his life. And so um, he wrote his first song and started performing at local talent shows, garden parties, concerts, and then a few years later at local bars. Mm-hmm. In 2006, he actually re- released his debut album. So we're not... He's good. We're not talking just about somebody that just picked up the guitar last week. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because um, for a period of time, he he certainly was my um, supervisor. You know, he he was taking vacation, uh, you know, know, February. And I thought, where where are you going in February to take vacation? Yeah. And I was finding out that, well, he was jumping on a cruise ship. But he wasn't just going on the cruise ship for the cruise. He was actually the entertainment. Oh, cool. So I'm thinking, well, for a $5 ticket purchase, not only will you get access to this virtual concert, but we also are entering everybody's name into a draw for a Google Mini. Ah. And then two uh, story music CDs that were donated and some United Way flags. So... Um, yeah, like for $5. Yeah, that's pretty good, eh? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a pretty good deal, yeah. So how uh, should someone who would like to uh, uh, listen to the concert get in on it? Where should they send a, a note or an email or check so the website? Actually, what happens is we've been very um, lucky to have, obviously, the support of the United Way because in order for us to send a up to put up a funding page, we were going to have to, you know, pay a fee. So that meant for every five dollars, you know, a couple oh, wow. bucks was coming off the the ticket purchase. Yeah. So the United Way is actually um, hosting uh, um, our fundraising capacity. So what happens is you actually just do an e transfer. Oh, okay. So you would e-transfer to e-transfer at unitedwayklfla.ca. Okay. And in the notes section of the e-transfer, you would include your name, the event name, which is CNID Virtual Concert, and then your email address. Okay. Yeah, so it's e-transfer at unitedwayklfl.ca. Now that e-transfer, it would have a dash after the e, wouldn't it? No, because you're going to go into your online banking. Ah, right, okay. And you're going to set up an e-transfer. Okay. And so, yeah, so there is no hyphen there. Okay. And I try. I tested it out yesterday at lunchtime. I bought my ticket and it worked. So you just want to make sure in the notes section that you include your name, the name of the event, CNIB Virtual Concert, mm-hmm. and then your email address. Okay. And then what will happen is on Monday, November the 9th, you will receive a Zoom invitation mm-hmm. um, via email to join the event on the 10th. Okay. That's how you'll get your link. And again, you can join Zoom through your computer, your tablet, or your phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty easy. 
Yeah, so we're, um, you know, we're, we're excited. We've, we've never done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty excited about that. And, of course, you know, I've, we posted it on our um, our CNID uh, Foundation Peterborough Kingston um, Facebook page as well uh-huh. um, that we have uh, a Facebook page. So we've, we've promoted it there. I've promoted it on my LinkedIn and, uh, you know, just kind of getting that awareness out there because, you know, it's kind of two things. It's going to support support CNIB, um, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's an evening out, so to speak. Yes. Uh-huh. Music, yeah. What time of day is this concert going to be taking place? It's at 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. So what we're anticipating is at 7 o'clock we'll make sure that everybody's into the call. Okay. And, uh, you know, um, do, do some um, prize, you know, maybe give it a prize. We've got some extra things. We'll pull the prize winner of Google Mini. Mm. And, uh, you know, Dwayne is going to obviously entertain us for the evening. Um, you know, feel free to... to YouTube, check out Dwayne Morgan on YouTube. He, he's been a musician, so he's released an album at some uh, at some point. And, uh, yeah, and he'll probably interject a little bit sometimes during his, in between his um, songs, just to tell you a little bit about himself or, or see an idea or what have you. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Okay, well, that's great, uh, Tracy. Thanks very much for uh, talking with us, and I hope you get lots of uh, people from this area that uh, uh, will will support uh, your United Way and, and you, uh, your CNIB office there, and the activities that you um, lead in and that sort of thing. And uh, so good luck with that. Well, thank you so much, Devin, and thank you so much for the opportunity um, to come on the station and, and just give a little plug for an event and, and for CNIB. And, uh, yeah, we welcome anyone to join us. If you want to listen to some good music and support a good cause, um, that's true to our hearts for sure. Um, you know, just uh, log into your uh uh, to your bank and, and do the e-transfer. It, it, it worked pretty pretty quickly for me. It was pretty painless. All right. And then look uh, for your email that will come in on the 9th of, uh, of November. That's right. Yeah. And we'll put, we might test it out. We may actually send out that Zoom email link on the Friday. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just to... Um, make sure that that people do have it. So, uh, you know, we want to sell tickets um, for as long as we can, but if we know that we can export the emails to to ourselves and and send those emails out on the the Friday, um, that being, uh, when is that, November Mm -hmm. the 6th? Yes. We'll we'll do that. You know, we're not going to leave it until the end. Okay. Um, but we want to make sure that um, people can join us and, and uh, even some people that are late registering maybe on the weekend or whatever. Yeah. Now, this program won't be airing until the 9th. So can they still um, uh, get a, a ticket even right up to the time of the program? Um, so, yeah, what time is it? 
what, what time is it going to air on the 9th? At noon. Oh, at noon? Yeah. Um, yeah, so as long as we yeah, get it in there as soon as possible, yeah. um, just because we're working through the United Way to, to do this event, we we'll want to have it closed before their office closes, otherwise we won't be able to get our our um, email list just because they're housing that confidential Okay. information of the e-transfers. All right. Well, I'll put this first on the, the program then, and people can uh, uh, take down the information and, and start uh, getting it before, you know, start doing something with it as close oh. to noon as possible. Okay. Oh, thank you so much, and thanks for asking. <laughs> okay. After hearing that interview, I decided it wouldn't be right to leave you hanging and that I should try to find some material by Duane that would kind of whet your appetite. So I got in touch with Tracy, and she sent me a, a file, a Facebook file, apparently CNIB has a Facebook thing each week called uh, CNIB Live. And on one occasion, Dwayne did a half-hour concert, I guess you could call it. And one of the songs from that event seemed very appropriate, so here he is now to introduce the song and sing it. The next song I'd like to play for you, I wrote, uh, actually wrote, uh, well, while visiting Lake Joe. We were uh, a bunch of managers and other folks from CNIB were, were at Lake Joe, and we, at the time we had a strategic plan that we you know, we had called uh, Path to Change, and it was all about uh, asking to right some wrongs that had been done and, and really making sure that um, uh, the vision loss rehabilitation was available to Canadians uh, with sight loss. So uh, we had this strategic plan uh, called um, Path to Change. And part of the discussions we were having was around, you know, we need to tell our story and how do we how do we manage to do that effectively. And we had some exercises around that. But um, I remember Maria Ash, uh, who works with us, hi, Maria, um, sent a note out to myself and a couple of other folks to, to lead a a storytelling exercise uh, using song, and um, you know, because we always sing around the campfire at Lake Joe, which is always fun. Um, so um, I decided to write something to sort of demonstrate uh, how you could, you know, tell that story, but in a way that you could write it so it wouldn't be so specific that that it it would only be used for that purpose. So I wrote this song called "Path to Change," and uh, uh, I think I can apply it to a lot of things, and and maybe. Uh, maybe these days it, w- it wouldn't hurt for some folks to be on a, a path to, to change. So here we go. It's filled with trouble. It's a 
go with the best intentions but the wrong way we're changing direction ain't no condition gonna slow it down we're all gonna go stop it now The other fundraiser that I was mentioning earlier in the program is for the Lions Foundation uh, Dog Guides of Canada, which is in Oakville. But we have at least one blind person here in town that has uh, is a graduate of that school. I know of one person with a hearing loss that had a dog from there, and uh, I can think of several people with service dogs, and one person is waiting to get a service dog, who is a good friend of mine. And uh, uh, I know that there have been people with autism assistance dogs, and seizure response dogs. Uh, So I thought uh, with that in mind, we should be talking with someone about the fundraiser that is currently ongoing, and it's a stay-at-home and bid online auction. So the person that I chatted with is Maria Galindo, and she is the communications manager. 
So first of all, Maria, welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Can you give us a little bit of the of the history of the uh, training center there in Oakville? Yes, of course. So the Lions Foundation of Canada Dog Guides was started in the early 80s, um, and it was started by Lions Club. They wanted to help people with disabilities, different types of disabilities. So they started this foundation uh, with one program at the very beginning, which was the Canine Vision Program. So this is a program that aims to train dog guides um, to assist their partners who are blind or visually impaired and guide them safely. Um, so this was our very first program, and now in 2020, we're happy to report that we have seven different programs that assist um, different types of disabilities. Can you uh, run over those programs for us? Of course. So like I said, the Canine Vision Program helps people who are blind or visually impaired. Uh, we also have the Hearing Program, which helps people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Uh, the service program helps people with mobility disabilities. Um, this may be because of a medical or physical disability that they have. Um, or the other program that we have is the seizure response, which helps people who have um, epilepsy. The autism assistance program helps children on the autism spectrum. Uh, and in 2013, we started our diabetic alert program, which helps people with diabetes with hypoglycemic unawareness. And then the last program which we introduced, which is a little bit different at the foundation because it doesn't help a specific person with a disability, but it helps an agency. Um, it's our facility support program. So this program assists um, professional agencies who are helping people in traumatic situations. So think like the victim support program that is um, part of the police department. So something like that. Um, the dog would help people going through traumatic situations if they need to. Right. Uh, it's uh, surprising and uh, wonderful all at the same time that a dog can be so calming uh, for, for people who are under a whole lot of stress, as in a courtroom situation or something like that. Yes, that's correct. So dogs have been shown to help with um, stress. So if you're going through a traumatic situation or if you have to testify in court and you're extremely um, stressed and, and anxious, a dog is able to um, kind of help you relax and it provides comfort if you need it. So, so that's what our dogs are trained to do in the facility support program. And speaking of stress, have, have you folks ever thought of uh, introducing a, a PTSD um, dog program? We have. Unfortunately, because we're a non-for-profit charity, we have to be very careful about all of the types of programs that we, you know, we start. We want to be able to serve the clients that we have already on our waiting list. Yeah. So before we start any other programs, I think we would like to serve um, the ones that are, we already serve. So focusing on the seven programs that we have right now, and if we're able to later on down the road, we would love to um, consider opening more programs. Well, that sounds terrific. How many graduates uh, do you know? How many uh, people you've managed to put through your program since the early 80s? So over 3,000 Canadians have received one of our dog guides at no cost since we started. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we hope to do many more. <laughs> right, yes. And so in order to 
do that sort of thing, you need to raise funds from time to time. And uh, you're going to be doing, or you are doing, a stay-at-home and bid auction. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So a big misconception is that our dogs, um, people have to pay for them or that we're funded by the government. Uh, neither of those are true. We're a non-for-profit charity, and that means and we serve Canadians, you know, from coast to coast. And we provide the dogs at no cost. So from the time that we brief them, all the until they're being matched with the client, um, they, applicants don't pay a cent. We, we kind of provide everything, which includes accommodation, travel, and obviously the dog, and lifelong follow-up. Um, but in order to do that, we do need public support. Right now, we're hosting a stay-at-home um, online auction. Obviously, with COVID, we have to be very careful about in-person events, so we're trying to continue to fundraise, but also keep everyone safe at home. But you can bid from the comfort of your home on a variety of items. They're great, unique items, um, one of them being you get to name a future dog guide. So if you, if you have someone you want to honor or if you're thinking about a holiday gift, this is a great gift to give someone, you know, honoring them in this special way. This dog will one day change someone's life. Um, and you can choose the name of this dog, so it's really, really great. And then we have items that are, are fantastic, like we have a bunch of Dyson products. We have some great donations from Smuckers, um, Marble Flop, Best Buy, uh, and other many more um, that are all on our website. And how long is this auction running? So it's running from November 2nd, so it started on Monday, and it's running until November 16th. 16. The goal is to raise $15,000, and we're getting really close, so we do need, we still continue to ask for public support. Right now we're at $9,000, so we're just a couple of dollars away, so we're really hoping that folks can get on the website and, and continue to bid. Yeah, it would be lovely if you could uh, surpass the goal that you set. We would love that, since, you know, one of, each of our dogs costs approximately $25,000 train and with a wow. It is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Uh, but they're very, uh, they're so valuable to, to people. Um, now, we like to say they're life-changing. You know, when someone with a disability um, receives one of these dogs, they often say that it improves not only their safety, but their independence. They stop relying on others to do things that they would like to do on their own. You know, if you want to go on your walk, on a walk by yourself, um, a lot of folks, for example, with um, epilepsy don't feel safe to do that. But with a dog by their side, they're able to do all these different things that they weren't able to do before. So, so what we're really bringing is, is, is safety and independence through these dog guys. And I know that one of the... Uh uh, commands that your dogs are trained for, I don't know whether all of them are trained for this, but uh, is the uh, help command, and when if you say it uh, and you can't get help for yourself, um, then the dog will start barking and uh, getting someone's attention, which uh, for someone with epilepsy or, or diabetes could be very helpful. Yes, that's correct. So that's what we mean by the dogs bring independence. So if it's in the seizure response program, if you need some assistance um, and you're by yourself, for example, and the dog, you say the command help, 
dogs will start barking until someone um, other than yourself arrives at the scene. At that point, the dog calms down and it knows that you're in good hands. Um, but for someone living alone um, that wants to be living alone and doesn't want to rely on anyone else, you know, you, you would ask your neighbors, if you hear my dog barking, please call 911. It means that something is wrong. Or if, you know, you're out and about on at a grocery store, grocery shopping, and the dog starts to bark because you're on the floor, um, you know, it draws attention to you, and, and that way someone will come in and, and help you, um, whether it's calling 911 or just helping you get up and seeing if you're okay. The dog is able to provide that safety for you. That's terrific. And uh, so now this uh, auction is running until the 16th of uh, November. Uh, and how can people, what should people do to get involved? So they can do many things. One of them is bidding. Um, we have the auction website posted on our website, on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram. So all of the links are provided um, on our social media channels and our website if you'd like to go and check out those amazing items. You can also just donate if you if you don't think that any of the items um are a good fit for you. That's no problem. We'll take donations. Um, we especially need them since COVID has impacted the foundation. Um, obviously, we, we understand why it has, um, but we still need to fundraise in order to continue to provide um, these life-changing dogs. So you can donate, and you can also, um, if you'd like to donate items to the online auction for the next one that we have, hopefully in the spring, um, you can do so by contacting the foundation. And what is the uh, main number or email address if, if people wanted to do that? So they can go at info at dogguys.com. Okay, that sounds good. Terrific. Yeah, but head over to our website. Like I said, if you'd like to bid, our website is www.dogguys.com. And that's dogguys with two keys. Yes, okay. <laughs> Terrific. Is there anything else that I should be asking you about? Uh, no, we just we just want to emphasize the fact that, you know, we still need public support um, in order to change Canadians' lives with disabilities. Um, through dog guides, we need to be able to continue to fundraise and breed and train these dogs. Um, the foundation, even though COVID has hit us hard, continue to support over 3,000 grads. Um, but have received the dog guide from us. So it's, it's important to, to continue to fundraise for us. And it's important to get this online auction um, to reach its goal. Yes. And COVID has uh, caused a fair bit of a waiting list for some of the dogs, hasn't it? Yes, that's correct. So because of COVID um, and the restrictions placed around us, and, and obviously we want to keep everyone safe, we're not able to host a number of people that we usually do, we're not able to do um, big classes like we used to, or, or classes would typically be between, you know, six to seven people in one small room with mm -hmm. the dogs. So now we have to go to a smaller number, which obviously impacts the number of dogs we're able to provide a year. Well, hopefully this will be over with soon. But in the meantime, uh, good luck with... Uh, uh, the uh, training of uh, dogs and also the fundraising. And uh, if you have an auction in the spring, 
I'll hopefully hear about it, and maybe we'll chat again then. Hey, we look forward to it. Thank you so much for having us on. Something happened a couple of weeks ago that pleased me to no end. I received an email from a gentleman named Anthony, and he said that he worked with a program based in Toronto called ABC Literacy. And what they do is they train youth to teach seniors how to use a computer or a a smart device of some kind, and they get them comfortable so with the uh, with the device so that they're able to do it independently and uh, i think that's a wonderful thing that uh, they're bringing the two generations together but i was tickled to no end to think that anthony reached out to me because uh, i am a you know a contact that he could uh, uh, make use of here in the Peterborough area, and uh, I, I was just so uh, pleased to think that he would do that, and I hope that other organizations will follow Anthony's example. Anyway, Anthony got me in touch with the executive director of ABC Literacy, who is Mac Rogers, and so here is my conversation with Mac. Well, hi there, and thanks so much for being on the program. Thank you, Devin. It's a pleasure to be here. So, this is a a terrific idea, youth and seniors getting together. Um, Where did that, uh, who originated that, or where did it come from? Yeah, it's a great question. So, youth uh, teaching adults, uh, the program we're talking about is a digital literacy program that brings youth in to teach adults and seniors on how to use their tablets or their phones or their desktop computers. The concept in the program was originally built by a group in Toronto called Youth Empowering Parents, or YES, uh, a really great combination of um, innovation um, and, and um, seeing a need, really seeing a need in our community. And then ABC Life Literacy Canada has worked uh, with Youth Empowering Parents to make the program a national program so we can get more people served by the amazing kids that know so much about digital literacy. Yes, and they seem to learn at a very young age, don't they? <laughs> they really do. I mean, I think we've all seen the toddler who's trying to swipe the TV, and they know that that's how you make the, the, the thing change. <laughs> um, but it's, it is remarkable. And I think one of the really neat things is that about youth being um, the teachers is that they're actually really great teachers. Like we see it time and time again that their patience and their, their, you know, the fact that they understand that um, those of us that are older may not have the same familiarity with technology, they're, they're, they're quite good at being patient with us. I know I speak for uh, myself, but my daughter is always the one helping us out with uh, <laughs> getting things right on our computers and tablets. And um, what age do you start uh, uh, children teaching adults? So we run 
like every uh, kid's break time. I think the youngest we've had is 11 and 12, but up until uh, 17, 18, 19. We, so we do it both in, using middle school students and high school students. And the great thing is we've actually not seen a big difference in the quality of the programming. So the quality of the programming is really um, exceptional no matter how old the, either the learner or in the learner in this case is the adult or the tutor, the youth, um, so it's really about those connections and that person sitting down and taking the time to, to spend with you, the learner, to say, this is how you, you know, get a Gmail account or use Skype or this is how you can search for the weather or to talk to a friend overseas. So it's that kind of the patient uh, interaction, things that these kids naturally figure out on their own, they'll walk you through it in a very kind of, uh, inclusive and, and well-paced way. Do you find that seniors are quite receptive to it? Oh, very much, because at the same time, the seniors um, are, you know, when you're a senior or an older adult, you tend to know what you don't know. Yes. So you're quite comfortable learning uh, new skills, and especially around technology. So I think that but they also they get to spend quality time with these interested and engaged young, younger people, which is a lot of fun, right? Like um, you get to tell your own stories and hear their stories and, and the, the young people are learning about how to, um, you know, social inter socially interact, just like the older people are learning about how to program their, their cell phone. Mm -hmm. And is there an upper limit as far as age goes for, for older adults, or um, the sky's the limit? The sky is the limit. We want everyone to learn. So some of the, the information that's really kind of important to remember is that... Um, Right now, there's yeah, even not even seventy percent of uh, seniors have access to the internet, and particularly in a time of a pandemic where it's so difficult to stay connected. Yes, I mean, you know, it, I just think this is such an important program to get more and more seniors connected, so that maybe you can't have visits uh, at your house safely or, or where you're living safely, but you can connect on Zoom safely. You can connect through Facebook safely. So I think that. Um, even though that increases, seventy uh, percent has gone up tremendously in the last decade, from you know thirty, thirty-five percent uh, back in, in the early two thousands. We still can do better, and we can connect more people and more seniors to their families, to their friends, and to their community. Now, do you have um, offices uh, across Canada, or, or how does that work? So we are a national organization, but we are based in Toronto. Um, so. But what you can do is if you're interested, if anyone's interested in running the program. So in Peterborough, uh, our friends at the Trent Valley Literacy Association uh, are running uh, youth teaching adults. Um, so that's a great place. If you're interested, you can reach out to them. The Trent Valley Literacy Association can connect, uh, can enroll again to run more programs. You can also go to our website, youthteachingadults.ca, um, if you're interested in running a workshop. And, and once you're there, if you're uh, a practitioner or someone who's looking to, to book this, um, there's ways to connect there with our staff who can, who can uh, facilitate the connection. Okay. And is there a cost to this? No, everything that ABC does is free. Um, the way we do it is we get support from uh, other organizations, sponsors, and funders. This is a, a government-funded program. It's, uh, we really think it's a powerful program, and it's completely free. Um, and, and we can run it in, uh, you know, boys and girls clubs. We can run it in senior centers. We can run it in community centers. Anywhere that um, we can gather people together or do it, we can also do it digitally as well uh, in, in times of a pandemic. We'll, we'll 
All right. Um, do you find that the youth are um, familiar with uh, things like screen reading programs? They, they, they are, and we also have resources to support them. So um, it's not simply a matter of the youth going in and just teaching what they want to teach. There's actually a, a curriculum with lesson plans and, and, um, and samples, all done in a very youth-friendly way. Uh -huh. um, so using comic strips and things like that to show people how to be good students. So that allows us to insert things that they need to know about everything from screen reading programs to audio um, reading and, and things like that. So we can insert that, we can modify it. And um, But the beauty of the youth tutor, which is, is actually we, we work with uh, volunteer adults, as well, but the youth tutor is that they are completely fearless when it comes to learning new things. So you can ask them, "How do I do this? How do I use a, a screen reader?" And they'll just go figure it out and then come back and teach you how to use it. So that's one of the beauties of being young is you're not afraid to make mistakes. That's cool, isn't it? That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do you happen to uh, now? I'm I'm putting you on the spot here uh, because you're in Toronto and. You might not, but do you have the number or um, uh, email address for Trent Valley Literacy? The Trent Valley Literacy Association is 705-749-0777. I can give that to you one more time. Trent uh -huh. Valley Literacy, 705-749-0777. That's terrific. I can uh, definitely um, make sure that people hear that on the air. Now, is there anything else that I have not asked you about that you'd like to talk about? No, I mean, I, I really want to say thank you for um, taking the time to speak with me today. I mean, it's so important that people, um, particularly in, in this pandemic world, are stay connected, and, and digital literacy is a really important key to that connection. So I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Okay, thanks so much, Mac. Thanks, Evan. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That just about does this edition of Insight Peterborough. But this coming Wednesday will be Remembrance Day, and it will be a Remembrance Day with a difference. I thought I'd bring the program to a close with a recording of the St. Paul's Presbyterian Church Choir singing Oscar Peterson's Hymn to Freedom. Have a wonderful uh, week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again next Monday. Bye for now. <laughs>